listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Um, follow your dreams. Yeah. Wanna get a mansion, a jacuzzi, a theater to watch my movies, couple whips and lots of fancy things, the kids they call the goonies, I see the future, crystal ball, mirror, mirror hanging on the wall, who the flash white boy, you're the mall, got your girlfriend screening all the calls, she bubbling, we fucking and you cuddling, well I missed all, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's EL, it's EL, that, that's all on me, this is great uh, podcasting, you can tell that we've done this before. We're professionals here. Uh, yeah, so that is great. Awesome. Way to start out. Hi, we're back. We're reviewing uh, The Fablements this week. Welcome to a one-take podcast episode. I had it right up here. 130. Nice round number for a hey. very well-rounded movie. How are we doing? Do we still, as Dex said, do we still do a podcast? <laughs> we do and real cinema hours are back so we got to be back on these cinema streets bros there's a lot of a lot of heat out there and the movie there's theaters. so much heat cinema God, season, brothers it's cinema seasons um, yeah so uh i crashed the car i got <laughs> sick um there was thanksgiving happened there, there's a lot's been going on you know it's a uh, it's been a time and a half in like the month since we lasted a pod so you know, crashing your car uh, and getting sick will sometimes delay a podcast. Who would have thought? Some sometimes, yeah. How's the car buying experience? I know this is like well, Caitlin and I had to buy a car, and it was like the most tedious thing that I've That's ever done in my life. Dumbest shit in the world. It was dude. easier to buy a house. <laughs> I've taken word on that. I haven't gotten there yet, but. Oh my God, dude! They don't—they don't tell you that uh, the happy Honda days are only happy if you have good credit. <laughs> you are not. Your Honda days are not happy when you have bad credit. It's not don't a good Toyota thon for you. You, nope. yeah, you are not signing and then driving if you have shitty credit. So protect they're your credit, treating, friend. They're treating you like Falcon at the dealership. That's crazy, man. <laughs> they were out treating Falcon bad. That's crazy. yes, bro. They—they they were like, what, the, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> How oh dare you God. come to me with this bullshit? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Wasted my time. You that, is, that is funny when you go to somebody and they're just like, hey, like they're like at your age trying to sell you the thing. They're just like, hey, man, come, come on. <laughs> like, I've had it happen to me a couple of times where it's just like, you got a co signer on this one? <laughs> yeah, where your mom at? Like, where <laughs> Where's your mom at? Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about The Fablemans. Um, one of the best movies. I think we can all agree. We're just going to get that out of the way. Uh, longer podcast today because, well, again, we haven't been. We've seen a few movies that we haven't reviewed. Um, doing The Fablemans, we're going to talk about uh, The Menu, a surprise hit at the box office. The Menu. Um, we're going to talk about The Fablemans. And then we're going to draft little-known filmmaker Steven Spielberg's movies. I don't know if you all have heard, this, heard of this guy. Um but we're going to talk about we're talk about his indie art films that he puts out. Um, so the Fablemans came out just a couple of weeks ago. Over the a, a rare, if ever, Thanksgiving release for Steven Spielberg. An yeah. interesting time to release this movie. Growing up in a post, especially we'll talk about this. Especially how crowded everything was 
within the past like three weeks. So yeah, much we stuff came out. A lot of shit, like in the end of November, beginning of December, and it was all yep. dope. It was it was because it was a it's a weird Oscars window, but also nothing was released in August. If y'all remember that, remember when Top Gun yeah. was playing like eighteen weeks in a row? Yep. Just release <laughs> some of this anyway. Release the menu in August is what we were trying to say. Anyway, the Fablemans. <laughs> Growing up in a post-World War II era, Arizona, young Sammy Fableman aspires to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence, but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. Uh, 8.2 on IMDb, 84 Metascore, actually written and directed by Steven Spielberg. He hadn't uh, written a movie uh, in a long time. He had been writing video games for a long time. If you didn't know, uh, Steven Spielberg is the creator of the Medal of Honor series. I had no idea that was a thing. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So if you're wondering how rich Steven Spielberg is, he made some of the best best selling video games of all time. Anyway, uh, but also Tony Kushner, who has also been his writing partner over the past few films, stars Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, having an incredible year for our king. The year of Dano. Uh, Gabriel LaBelle as as Steven's Sammy Fableman Spielberg. Uh, Judd Hirsch as Uncle Bur- Boris coming in, throwing 100 miles an hour um, and then leaving. Seth Rogen in a you know, not a bad role for Seth Rogen, just coming in, doing a Seth Rogen thing. And uh, of course, we have our queen, Dex's queen, Julia Bond. The young goat. Yeah. The young is in here as well. Um, Steven Spielberg knows how to uh, pick out stars. I'll tell you that. But this movie, I, it was a weird release. So, like we said, it was a crowded, crowded slate at the theater. They also limited its release to only so many screens, so many showings. But it came to Waco, so it wasn't like it wasn't that limited. But it didn't make any money. It has made five million dollars. Dang, that is insane! In worldwide gross, yeah, five million bucks. Obviously, it'll make some more when the Oscars uh, run starts. But oh my god, that's that's a very low number. They also didn't cost to make it. I I can't find that number. It probably it couldn't have been mega expensive like his other films. But if you're Spielberg, you're getting at least you know seventy five million dollars to make your movie. At least, if not a hundred million dollars, but I don't think this is a hundred million dollar movie. Um, forty million is what I can find. Forty million. Okay, so that like I have a feeling that when they try to expand this a little bit further, they also didn't market it very heavily. No, not at all. It was like in a. And they didn't market NBA it well games. either. The trailer stinks. <laughs> um, I I just it it was just a weird release for this very very well rounded good film. One of the, We'll talk about it. One of Spielberg's best in like a decade. Um, so for it to not make any money is shocking to me. But we talk about that all the time. The Fablemans has ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty two percent audience score. Part memoir. Part who are those eight percent that are shitting on this film? Who yeah. are the people? I I just can't. Every time we we talk about Rotten Tomato scores, I'm like, who are these people who are like, you know what, the Fablemans? That shit sucks. Like, uh, let's, <laughs> that let's shit see. sticks, and I'm gonna shit on it. That's how I hate this shit. 
Um, well, here's one. People? Aline Jones from the Jacobian or Jacobin. Jacobin? Sure. Um, Steven Spielberg's autobiographical The Fablemans is a dull, self-indulgent victory lap for the most oh, victorious brother. filmmaker in history. Hey, Eileen, how, we don't like the Jacobin or the Jacobin or wherever you work. We don't like it. We we have How are you going to criticize an autobiography for being self-indulgent? That's what it is. <laughs> Here's like, the it's thing. really about him. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, what else would it indulge in? Like it's his autobiography. <laughs> Here's the I, thing. If any filmmaker could make a autobiography. It is Steven Spielberg. Yeah, what the fuck cook. are we talking about? What are we talking let him, about? Let him cook. Like what? I it's can't imagine walking out the filmmaker of the twenty and twenty first century. What are we talking about? I walked out of this movie theater and halfway in tears. I could not have imagined walking out being that fucking Steven Spielberg really get a number on me this time. That asshole just jerked himself off for two hours. Like the movie. It's not like that. It's 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 not it's not like self absorbed at all. I don't. That's just that's such a weird review. He made an autobiography into like a moving tribute to his mother and father. Also, (laughs) yeah. What are we doing? It was beautiful. Yeah, eighty-two percent audience score. Um, Before we ruin any more of what we think about the movie, let's talk about it. Um, Teej, you said you left crying. Uh, It, 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 it's a moving film. Go ahead and talk about what you, uh, what you thought about it. Partly because it wasn't marketed well, but partly because. Uh, I was a little skeptical skeptical about whether Spielberg and the kind of movies he makes, whether he could make something that I would find interesting that I knew was about him, at least in some form or fashion. It's just a different kind of movie. Obviously, every movie a director makes is about that person in some way, shape, or form. So, but I mean, like now we're gonna un, we're gonna move the remove the veil, and now we're gonna look at a movie about Steven Spielberg. It's like that has a capacity for me to just not be interesting. So I didn't watch a lot of the trailers. I think I saw the trailer once and I was like, I don't know a lot about this movie other than the fact that uh, people think it's good and that it's about Steven Spielberg's life. And I was just blown away by, by it's not really about Steven Spielberg at all. It's actually just about family and the dynamics of family and specifically about his mother and his father. The, the, what he's doing with the character of the mother as, as they're showing him growing up, the mom like, just happens to just be like a great mom who pays attention to him and talks to him. And she knows immediately what he needs. Like he needs to get a camera in his hand. Like we got to crash this train and we got to get a camera in his hands. And that's going to be, he's going to be off and running. And it's like, she literally changed his life. She put a camera in his hand just because she realized something about her kid, just be like being an intuitive mom. So you're building out this amazing, this very beautiful relationship between the mother and the son and then as you start to open up the family dynamics a little bit and you see how the relationship at the center of the family starts to dissolve, now it puts you in a perfect position to, you already know, the first thing we knew about the mom was about her relationship to her son. So now as things are happening and maybe we question her judgment or what she's doing to the family, we still know that no matter what happens with the mom and the dad, like her and and, and little Fableman are, they are in sympathy, they are, they are in connection. Like they are great friends they have a great relationship so when when the young character starts to question his mom there's a there's a scene where the young character starts to question his mom and question her decision making and uh his sister comes in and basically is like mom is selfish like you like you are just like mom you need to give mom some grace because mom is doing the best that she can 
And it, if anybody should be able to see what she's going through, it should be you. Julia you know, Butters close up. Ju- Steven Spielberg Ju- knows. What? I'm telling you, Steven oh. Spielberg knows a star. He's like, I'm going to give her a moment. I'm, and I was kind of like, <laughs> just because she's a young actor, sorry to step on your toes. Like, no, go ahead. Why is she taking this role as like the 10th lead in this movie when she the- probably has a lot of other stuff on the table? It's because you get to work with Steven Spielberg and he's going to give you a close-up in his movie. Like, that's yes. like, you know, yeah. She doesn't have a lot to do, but, like, that scene is like, a, they cleared it out. They said, Julia, we know Julia Butters can, she got that one, she can hit a three from half court. And we know that she can do it. We just have to set it up so that she can get her shot off. So yep. that scene where she has the fight with the brother and then right when she's strumming out of the room, the brother's like, hey, can you, like, look at the movie I'm making for mom and, like, just look over it with me? And she knows in that moment, like, even though I'm pissed off at you, like, I have to go be a sister to you right now. And she turns back around and she gives them a big hug and they start watching the movie together. And I fucking lost. I, I, was, I was down very bad. I was audibly sobbing in the movie theater at that scene. It was very powerful. And to kind of see, it, it's, it, one, it's beautiful. It's filmed really well. And the, what they're doing with, like, the stuff with him behind the camera is just so fascinating to see, like, him developing his own style, him being able to direct his friends to make these little movies. Like, the, he's got to get this actor into scene who's not really getting the scene right. They got to have this, like, emotional moment where he gets into gets into the actor and, like, trying to figure out how to make him, uh, you know, play out the vision. And it's just, it's it's all around just an amazing, very cool movie, very cool family dynamics. I thought Paul Dano was amazing. Uh, the woman that pays, plays the mom is crushing her performance. And the guy who plays the kid, the main kid, who's the star of our movie, is very good. I don't know who he is, but like, I thought he was amazing. I thought he did a great job. And obviously, they're aging him up. But I thought the young version of him was also really good. Like, I was immediately drawn to this character and drawn to the movie. I really loved it. It was beautiful. And it's the kind of movie that it's a holiday movie. They put it out around the holidays. It's a weird release, but like, it is a real holiday movie to get up and close and intimate with the family and kind of see their, their rises and their falls. That's a holiday movie. And it's heartwarming in, in a lot of ways. And so I see what they were thinking, but that's crazy that nobody's going to see this because this is an incredible film. I would give it an A plus. Uh, Dex, correct me if I'm wrong. That, that little kid that plays the young Sammy Fableman looks and sounds exactly like my nephew. No, he definitely does. Absolutely. It's an, insane. <laughs> I said to texting my sister, like, you just have to see this movie. It's really <laughs> weird. Like, but this looks like your kid. Anyway. Uh, so, Dex, what did you what did you think about the wait? Uh, T, did you give it a grade? Yeah, yeah a, a plus. plus. Okay, Dex, what do you think? I'm also an A plus. I this movie is incredible, and I uh, when I first saw the movie, I saw it like the night it came out, which was an interesting night. It came out the same night as Knives Out two in theaters and i watched them both back to back but uh what a weird double viewing yeah it was dope though classic cinema back front to back but uh yeah um i love this movie like i said when it first came out what spielberg was able to do with the like autobiographical like genre i thought was really cool and pretty unique from like movies that i've seen because you've got like armageddon time which came out recently which I think the movie stinks, but it's, you know, <laughs> those kind of movies, they usually try and focus on just either one really small story, like one tiny piece of 
their childhood or whatever when they're making these movies because it can get kind of unwieldy trying to tell your entire life story in a movie and make it compelling. Um, Armageddon time, it's not, but they tried to stick to one like small story about racism, basically. Uh, with Belfast, a movie I love, like it was the story of him and his parents moving out of Belfast. And that is like a 90 minute movie about, you know, like a few week period. But Spielberg was able to like make it pretty much his entire child. This movie is basically his entire childhood, but it still feels connected the whole time. At least to me, like all of it feels like it's a part of the same narrative. It's not just a guy randomly like shoehorning in things he remembers about his life, you know? Uh, and I thought that was like super impressive that he was able to pull that off. I've seen some people criticize it and say like it didn't feel connected for them, but I'm like, y'all weren't fucking paying attention. Like all of this, every story in this movie is about like, you know, him kind of learning who he is and learning, uh, you know, how movies can help him express that and how, you know, him and his mom have this relationship that rises and falls and then kind of rises again by the end and like what movies what role making movies plays in that and i thought it was really fucking dope that he was able to pull that off you know the way uh, i think that they were able to do that with the storytelling device was that they instead of like having him age several years they were just able to move him locations they moved several times in this movie yeah yeah so it's just like new story <laughs> we're at this different place yeah, yeah you know we're I mean? arizona so, now we're in new york yeah, we're in california you know, yeah whatever yeah it all it works for me. Um, and Michelle Williams, to me, she was amazing. Right. And I know you disagree. Uh, but I was like just extremely compelled by her the entire time. Wait, on did Michelle Williams played the mom? Yes. Yeah. You didn't she's like gonna, her? She's going to get, we'll talk, I'll talk about it in my review. She's going to get nominated for a fifth Oscar. I think she's good. Um, I, I don't, I'm not as high as a lot of people are. And I think, think people have kind of gone back. Oscars forth, already? She has four Oscar nominations. Oh, okay, got it. got it. Got it. She's got gonna it. get a fifth Oscar nomination for this as well. Uh, has she yeah. ever won? No. Wow, interesting. Uh damn. She's in the wow. um. Who's the who played uh, promising young woman? She's in the um. Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan camp with uh with that. Uh, yeah. that shout out to Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah, Amy Adams too. I was gonna say she's in that same camp. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think she should win this year, but I definitely think she deserves a nomination for this year. It's a, it's a hard, uh, hard uh, battle in that category this year. But yeah, this this year, uh, best actress is stacked. After last year, it was kind of mid, but this year, it's like, she should be in. She should and be also. In, I, I mean, she probably could walk away with it if she put herself in best uh, supporting actress category, but she decided she wanted to submit in best actress category, which. Like if that's what you want to do, more power to you. But like, I, yeah, I think she was right that, to that do decision, that. She, that she decision's already movie. been made. Yeah, yeah she made that made. decision herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting decision. Yeah, Interesting I think decision. when she she explained it as like, you know, wanting it was it had something to do with like you know representing moms and you know you don't have to just be a supporting person as a mom like you can have your own lead like well but she's a supporting actress in this she's a supporting actress in this film i mean 
kind of but like most of the plot hinges on her i would say she's not a supporting actress but just for the sake of trying to get the ball across the goal line in terms of winning the oscar i would would category i would category fraud that this entire time i'm gonna give me my oscar like what are you talking about give me my oscar i don't think that she's a supporting actress here and traditionally but if you can get the oscar across the goal line by going down to some easier competition that might be a good idea Yeah, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she had some kind of like explanation for it that was also like kind of campaigny, you know. <laughs> like, I'm this voting for me is bigger than you know whatever. So, uh, but she was great and deserved a nomination. I would still put uh, Kay Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh in front of her for this year. But Man, Kay Blanchett you know. went crazy, brother. It's going to be Went hard. crazy. Drop 67, bro. This going to be hard. <laughs> went crazy. But yeah, man, this movie is dope. It's an A-plus for me. Uh, yeah, and it, like, it finds a way to balance kind of some very dark shit in here. Like, you know, there's a lot of, like, anti-Semitism, which felt super timely, especially when I watched it, because it was like, you man, know. Man, it could not be more timely stuff. in the moment that yeah. we're in. That this movie explores anti-Semitism, it could not be more timely. Insane. I was watching it in real time as like the Kanye shit was happening, and I was like, "Yeah, we're like, damn, okay, (laughs) yeah." Kyrie needs to watch this movie. Uh, (laughs) Tweet this one out, buddy. (laughs) Tweet the link. You can find it on (laughs) PR. Tweet. Tweet the link to Fablemans, bro. The Nets, you know how the Nets had all those rules that Kyrie had to pass <laughs> to come back? If one of them was like, the you, must, you must watch the Fablemans and tweet the link of the Fablemans when it drops on HBO Max. That was one uh, of the... needs you to drop a review on Letterboxd of the Fablemans and tell us what you learned. <laughs> Go to Rotten Tomatoes right now. Write a dissertation over the Fablemans. <laughs> Well, yeah, man. it like balanced like that very dark, very heavy shit with like also just being a delightful family movie. Like there was some like really genuinely funny shit in here. Uh, the whole thing with like the girlfriend from high school and her being Christian but also super horny, like that shit was just hilarious to me every time. Like can relate. Like, <laughs> been there. Been there. Uh, yeah, but I love I love this movie. I think it's great. A plus, probably like got to be. It's got to be top like seven or eight of this year, which like doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot when you look at this fucking night year. I think it's the favorite to win Best Picture. I think is it, it was is it your favorite movie that you've seen this year. Is the question? No, it's not no. my favorite movie I've seen this year. No, but I don't. It might be second for me. Before it it came out, I was like, yeah, like that's probably gonna be a big best picture thing. But then like I don't know, man. I'm I'm starting to get the vapors from everything everywhere all at once. You think I if that makes a point, I'm starting to get the vapors. Uh, They're everywhere, bro. Hollywood elitists would be so pissed if that movie. They are that cast is every fucking where right now, dude. They are at every event, really everywhere, bro. They all together doing a real campaign. They are doing everything. Kiki Kwan has basically got best supporting actor sewn up. Hell yeah, all like ninety nine percent lock at this point, and like that whole cast is going everywhere. The Daniels are going everywhere. Like they're still doing. Like they fell ass backwards into shit. making that into making an Oscar movie. A best you know? picture run. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, yeah, God that's damn. Kinda... What are we doing? That shit is I, I'm getting the cinema, bros. 
That shit is beautiful cinema, and it, it is more than more than five million dollars worth of people saw that movie, and that that's going to be yeah, helpful. that too. Hundred, hundred, like, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at, like in terms of my best picture pick right now. But the Fableman definitely deserves that nomination, and like all the other ones that it's going to get because it's an amazing movie, and everyone should go see it. I also uh, love the sound, the the music, making the mom a musician is maybe that's the actual like job that his mom did which would make some sense but ha- because of her being a musician they got to really weave in music and some of these scenes the scenes where he's kind of seeing through the lens of the camera about what's happening in his family which was beautiful beautifully done that the fact that they're using her music behind it when she's playing the piano just made the scene pop that much more get your sound game right directors because tar the sound is great. The favorite of the sound is great. If you crush the sound, you are halfway to making real cinema. Crush it. <laughs> also, the film looks great. Yeah. Um, Janusz Kaminski, who is the uh, uh, cinematographer for, just goes, he is like the personal cinematographer for Spielberg at this point, came on for the second Jurassic Park movie, I believe, and has been with him ever since. He does this sort of weird thing or has sort of developed this thing over the years of doing this weird sort of dreamlike lens flare stuff with it, with his shots that sometimes in his more serious movies, like if you watch minority report, it's all over that movie. Yeah. It's just, it's like bright <laughs> as fuck. And you're just like, what the, you know, like, what am I watching? Um, but when you, when you do it with this, it works sort of. It's really bright. It feels like a memory. And that's the way the movie looks. It feels like somebody is remembering in real time what what their childhood was like and kind of mm-hmm. coping with that. And that's a that's the perfect way to kind of view this movie. I would my way to view this movie is actually the right and good way to view this movie. <laughs> so, like, I think the right I think the right way to view this movie is not necessarily as like as necessarily as Spielberg jerking himself off for two and a half hours, but like to more view it as a man in his seventies, still working feverishly, by the way, he's still pumping out projects, but like a man in his seventies, one of the most important filmmakers kind of coming to grips um, with his, with his childhood and his adolescence and, and uh, the child, child divorce thing that, you know, many have all gone through and, um, and coming to grips with that on film, which is something that he had previous, you know, previous to like 1995 done in most of his movies, the absent dad, the, you know, sort of longing son sort of thing that he's he'd done in a lot of his films. Mm-hmm. And this is the first one to just come right out and say like, Hey, this fucked me up a little bit when I was, when I was a kid and uh yeah but like he appreciates it which i think is like really like profound and interesting because like i said with armageddon time like that that dude does not appreciate his upbringing at all he hates those people (laughs) Um, he fucking hates uh, those people (laughs) he despises his parents he thinks they are shitty racist but it's like steven spielberg with this movie obviously like he's real about like some of the ways that his parents fucked him up, but also he's just like, 
you know, for the most part, I had a great ass time. Like, and they, you know, put me on. They like maybe what I am today. You know, basically, look, I'm a billion. It all worked out. You know, Steven Spielberg. Like, it all worked out for the better. And so, that's the thing too. Look, you get to make this film if you're Steven Spielberg. That is the leniency that we get to give you. Yes. Sorry. So if you go into this thinking like it's just going to be a big circle jerk and like a pleasure fest for for a great filmmaker. I think you're going to be a little bit wrong because it was like, you just have to give this to these people. One, a man who is, who has given us some of the best cinema in the last 40 years. And two, just an all around like decent guy too, from what we know. Yeah. Like, like a, a long time family man and, and everything else. Like I, you just get to when you've built up that much goodwill and in, in for Hollywood and for the rest of the movie going public, you get to make that movie. Sorry, you just do. You just get to make the movie if you're Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. So, yeah, I'll let you make that movie. And I and and he took the ball and ran with it. And I think that viewing this is more of like a is like a memory is sort of like a dream is a really good way of looking at it because for the beginning part of his career, a lot of, a lot of his films had that. And we talked about it with the, with the Nope review too, that sort of wonder that childlike sense of like, of, of looking up to the heavens and wondering what we could possibly do or, or, or the, 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 the wonder of being scared as a kid and not knowing how to cope with that. And like all of that childlike emotion that we had in his early films that we love Spielberg for ET close encounters Goonies, which is something that he wrote and produced. It comes out in this movie and it's weird now to look at it and be like, Oh, a 75 year old billionaire made this. But it feels like him really getting back. <laughs> yeah, it's like, eh. but it feels like him really getting back to his roots, which is what we all love Spielberg for. And he just hadn't, to be quite frank, the run of the past decade for Spielberg has not been good. I'm sorry. It just hadn't been good. It's been at times boring and uninteresting to me. Hey, West Side Story got nominated for an Oscar. So I it, guess you that's what I'm saying. Yeah, don't, I mean, Okay, before that, like, I didn't what love it. About? I didn't love West Side War Horse. Y'all were going in for War Horse, the post. Uh, never saw this it. is the most interesting thing he's made since Lincoln, which was in 2012. So there has been yes. a, a, a weak decade, maybe not weak, but like Ready Player One made a lot of money. And it's, or the it's greatest fine. filmmaker of our gen- of the past few generations, Hector yes. Scorsese. Yes. It's like a weird. Downturn. Oh shit! That was Olivia Cook and Ready Player One. Holy shit! Okay. <laughs> that was so red. Sorry. I'm like looking at Steven Spielberg's filmography and clicked on the Ready um, Player One. It just shows you, like, even it, like as he gets late into his career, obviously, late to his life, it just shows you that, like, this guy could still heat up and he could still cook up. He made Lincoln, which is incredible. And it took 10 years. And then he gave us the Fablemans, which nobody has seen yet, but is a true masterpiece. He, he made something really beautiful. He, he, yeah. he really crushed it, and and the fact that it's about him shouldn't dissuade people, uh, it, it, because every movie that you watch is about the director. Hey, you know, spoiler alert, guys. 
So the fact that we just know that this happens to be somewhat semi-autobiographical, we don't know what's true or what's not. All we know is that the, the picture he's painting on the screen is really well done. And just if you're a film nerd, how can you not like seeing somebody grow into the love of movies and learn how to put things together? Watching any scene where you're going to put me in where someone's working on one of those really old school edit, uh, editors with the, like they were doing that, the editing yeah. and that... That's so it's it's amazing. Like it's seeing someone work with actual film is the coolest shit. There's also a scene like that. Nope, where the movie guy is doing. It's like that's all. I'm always in. Like you're gonna shoot that from behind. I get to see into little machine. Yes, give me that scene every time. And so and just seeing film nerd stuff is obviously like works for people that like movies, and especially because it's a movie about a guy who's making movies. But you know, there's a lot of. I feel like there's something for everybody here. It's just nobody's seen it yet. And that's the thing, too, that, like, a lot of these films that have come out lately is, like, it's a love letter to the movies. I was like, well, this actually kind of is a love letter to the movies because Facts. he was there, like, at the invention of movies, pretty much. But, like, <laughs> I, 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 just think, I just think that, like, seeing, also seeing the genesis of a genius is always compelling to me. I don't care, like what it is like the jobs movie or whatever it is just like always compelling and and but in this it's not it's not pretentious because you it's a little kid and you're never sitting there thinking oh well this little kid is a genius and he really didn't become a genius until later in his career but like this little kid is this little kid is a genius but it, because it's a little kid, you know what I mean? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's something you're not seeing like a 25 year old Steven Spielberg go, you know, running a set or whatever. Yeah, they don't have seeing... fucking DA's Terrace and Ford in here, and they're like, "This is how we made Indiana Jones." <laughs> right. <laughs> you're 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 seeing. I don't know. You're seeing. You're seeing a guy kind of realizing his potential in. Within the film, and, and, and his just, mother realizing his potential, and maybe yeah. before his dad, which kind of you know was part of the dynamic. Well, and that's realizing. A, yeah. Talk about real quick my my downturn. I I'd probably give this an A plus. I don't know if I'd even rank it up there with Tar. I wanted to maybe give it an A, but there there's there's levels to this. Like it's lower than Tar, but it's not it's not an. Just like a middle of the road A. I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe that better than I just did. Yeah, but like, I mean it's elite, but it's not like elite amongst the elite. Right, right, sense. right. Yeah, it's Devin Booker. I am. When, uh, I, when <laughs> I walked out, I thought maybe it was one A, one B with Tar. I haven't seen either one of them for the second time, uh, but I had it at least walking out of the movie theater had it pretty high up there in terms of my enjoyment of it. But I, I still. I did not put it above Tar. I don't think it, Tar is it's at the bar pretty high. So yeah, it's gonna be hard for anything to top Tar. That's me. just fine. I do want to talk about the 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 performances of it. Um, I want to talk about the Michelle Williams of it all. When I when I kind of um, came away from it with with her performances, it was a, it was a very good performance. It had the opportunity like to almost go off the rails very quickly. Like there is a part of it within the first, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 minutes of it where I'm like, she doing a bit. She's doing a bit, right? Where it's just like, she's way over the top. And obviously like this goes into his mother, like 
or him portraying his mother as like a uh, a manic or a manic depressant. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it was it just felt almost out of place next to and Dana was there to like ground it, but it felt almost out of place in this world, even though it was a dream sequence. She was so much or a dreamlike film rather. She was so much bigger than everything kind of going on around her at points. And maybe that's just how he sees his mother. And obviously, oh, yeah, probably so I feel like is. that's the point. But like just somewhere in her performance, it just felt a little to me, just a little too much where I was like, if one notch, if we go one notch down, maybe this is like elite, but I, I, I don't know. It, it just, it felt sometimes more out of place to me. I thought Dano was good. It is interesting to see Dano be normal dude. Cause he's not, interesting. he's just not that guy in all of his movies. Yeah, I mean, he still felt like he could have turned into a serial killer at any moment in this movie to me. Come on! Honestly, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could definitely, in a different edit of this movie, you can make it where he, like, just murders the entire family and they do, like, the the black and white photo where it's like, they had the perfect life until they didn't. Like, Paul Dana, like, just always just has that in him, you know what I'm saying? But, um, I do like, I do like Spielberg coming to grips with, and there's a Spielberg documentary on HBO Max, I believe, um, where they talk about sort of, he always painted his father as sort of the bad guy in this sort of situation, in this whole situation. In real life, he didn't know, and spoiler alert for the movie, we're just in spoiler territory now, but in real life, he didn't know that his mother was having an affair. That's something that they do in this movie that like he finds out about it and like gets to keep that secret. In real life, like he didn't know about it, and he thought. Oh his dad wow! Should, he thought. I think this is true. I th- don't correct me if I'm wrong, but he he thinks that like his dad just left, and it turns out that like he did that to try and protect the image of their mother to the to the children, because he that's just kind of like World War II veteran stand up guy sort of uh, stoic American dad thing. And it wasn't until later that he found out that she was depressive and having an affair and all. That. So, like the light of his, like the light of his mother and the light of his father, sort of evened when he became an adult. Whereas it was like this. You got to keep Seth Rogen away from your girl. That's what I learned from this yep. movie, bro. You yep. have to keep Seth Rogen very far away from your girl. This applies to real life Seth Rogen and the character <laughs> plays in this film. Keep Seth Rogen away from your girl when they when they. Because there obviously something is weird going on with the mom. You don't really know yet, but there's weird instances where all of a sudden she's on 10. You're like, wait, why is she on 10 right now? How do we get there? Like, what was happening? Yeah, there's definitely moments in the movie where you're like, are they fucking? Like, it feels like they fucking. So there's something weird going on. Then they have a scene where they're out in the woods, as white people do. White people go out into the woods (laughs) and spend the night with their family and then they're in the woods, which I respect. Sleeping on the ground. You know, they just say, yeah, we're just gonna go sleep in nature. So, you know, white people are doing white people shit in the woods. They're singing songs and, and doing and, and making meat and stuff like that, and lighting fires. <laughs> and they're out there, and all of a sudden, the mom starts dancing, but it's kind of weird. It's kind of giving everybody else weird vibes. And you realize you can kind of see through her clothes oh and filming it. And Seth Rogen is locked in, like he is at a titty bar. 
Seth Rogen is not averting his gaze at even in the slightest. And this is supposed to be your best friend. And you've been there ogling his wife and being with his wife for God knows how long. The, the way that they draw it out, they, they just give you little nuggets of it. And you, and you question yourself. You're like, wait, did I just see that? Or am I tripping? And then eventually you're like, oh, no, something weird is going on here with the family dynamic. There's always just Seth Rogen. Is always at their house. Why is Seth Rogen always over their house? He's, he's always, always at their damn house. Literally, why is he advocating like, for this man to move across the country with them. Well, who does yes, that? Why is it? Why are you about to halfway end your marriage because he won't bring his best friend to the job with him? I got old. promoted, not him. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> what Especially you mean he has to come? And it's like the, the way that the dad finds out, and the way you realize, what, like when the dad says, "I want you to film your mom's camping trip," and it makes no sense, and it's like. Dad, what the fuck are you talking about? She's grieving. She doesn't want to fucking be on film. And then you realize that the dad is like, I've reached my wits and I need proof that this is happening. And you know, he's setting this up to have the son record. It's just a very well-made movie. And it just, fuck Seth Rogen. Stay, keep, stay away from my girl, Seth Rogen. Personally, you just stay away, bro. What about Uncle Benny? What do you mean, what about Uncle Benny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck about him? Like, I, I just got promoted to IBM. Like, wow. <laughs> What you and I'm a fucking for? genius. I'm yeah, about to. We about to be bomb. very rich. Why do I need this <laughs> hanger on? I just fucking invented computers. What are you talking about? Um, I couldn't imagine if my wife was like, "What about your best friend?" I'll text him. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, we'll stay in touch, bro. We'll, we yeah. have the same group chat. We good. Yeah. Like Facetime the homie like every now and again, but uh, <laughs> um, so. Yeah, and the reveal of the it almost plays like a horror movie. The reveal of uh, of him uh, finding out that his wife or his mom is uh, cheating. But um, amazing yeah. cinema. Uh, also, the the performance, like you said, you meant to shout him out earlier, but uh, the man Gay, uh, Gabriel LaBelle, who plays Sammy Fableman, otherwise Steven Spielberg. That has to be a tall task for that kid to be like, all right, yeah, you're going to play me. Yeah, the... you're Steven Spielberg in the Steven Spielberg movie directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and he was really good. <laughs> he was amazing. <laughs> he really was about... like really funny and like quick witted. And I just thought he was really, really good. We have to talk about. Um... Well, first of all, I should probably shout out. I want to shout out the scene where um, it it's, it comes out to the family that the family's going to send it, the family's separating, and they don't really know what's happening. And the girls, he knows, but the girls, the daughters don't know. And the daughters are like, "You're just going to go be with Uncle Benny? It, like, why would you leave us to be with Uncle?" Like the way that they get to, like, "Mom, what are you doing? You can't just break up the family." Like that scene with the daughters, like they just crush it. They, because imagine hearing that, like, wait, my mom is leaving the family to go be with. Go back to uncle. Arizona. Like, she's going back to Arizona. We just left Arizona. Now she's going back because she misses Uncle Benny. Like she's leaving yeah, our that whole family. Like that, that fucking dweeb who be hanging out with us and shit. Like <laughs> him. <laughs> that was amazing, and we gotta talk about his Jesus freak girlfriend. It's because well, it's like, I wanted yes. to talk about in succession, in succession of that, and then we'll get to. I wanted to talk about Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch comes in as the as the great uncle to Sammy, as as his mother's uncle. Oh my god, he was amazing. Died. He was. Amazing. He comes in and is throwing ten thousand miles an hour. <laughs> 
That's the most Jewish man to ever yeah. exist. Yeah. And he, went, <laughs> he went after this performance, and it was incredible. He pops into the movie, pops right back out of the movie, bro. I yeah, did my just, job. He comes. He comes in. He tells. He tells. Uh, he tells Sammy Fableman that he's going to be a lone and desperate artist for the rest of his life because that's what he does. And then he rips his clothes and he's rip your clothes, sleep on the floor with sitting Shiva. And it's just like what? And he just leaves. And it's just like. And then the next scene, you see him just leaving, like, yeah. and then he does a little thing where he goes and does this before he gets to the cab. Yeah. I Judd Hurst, I think there's like a little push for him to be like, uh, to be best supporting actor for I think five minutes of screen time. He was incredible. He was he bodied it. Then you move on, and of course they they move away, and and he gets his first girlfriend, um, totally by accident. I was going like, to say yeah, completely by accident. Just fell ass backwards into it, but. Rumble, that's she man, chose Rumble. up like he didn't have to do nothing she she chose him like you about to be my man he was just like all right i guess i'll go through let's go also together, i guess before that <clears throat> the biggest jew radar that this guy just finds the jewish person out of nowhere in playing volleyball he's like that kid that kid's jewish i'm gonna be anti-semitic <laughs> It's time to ramp up. He says, he's, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going Pefcon 3 on Fableman. <laughs> that little kid, he's sitting there and he's just like, you're not like, you're not like one of us. He's like, what? He's like, you're Jewish. He's like, how do you know? Like, what are you, what? I'm going to, time to do an anti-Semitism is what he woke up and said. Like, what? Yep. They bullied yep. him for no reason. He didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. Kid just showed up at school and was Jewish. And they were like, all right, you're dead to me. Like, Crazy. It was insane. It, was in, it just came out of nowhere. And the other, the, the guy, the the mega hot guy, the the other, the other, quote unquote bully, is like, isn't it, it tries to make an excuse for him. He's like, he just doesn't like your kind. You're like, what are you talking about? Are, we, <laughs> yeah, are you with me? Or are you against me? Because you're not yeah. technically bullying me right now. But this is really passive aggressive. It's not about you. He hates all Jewish people. Like, <laughs> Don't take it personally. He just has a thing with Jews. Yeah, and you just um, happen to be the one in our class right now. So, the, yeah, the one Jewish person in all of Northern California. He's like, he's like, ah, finally got one here. Like the guy was licking his lips, hoping a Jewish person would stumble into their community. But his girlfriend liked the fact that he was Jewish. Soon they found out when they when she said, "Yeah, he's Jewish." That's when she was like, "Oh." Oh. This, that means he's like Jesus, and then it was on and popping. Then he was in the game already. <laughs> I was laughing. I was the again. only. I was the only one laughing in the theater because that it just hit like a shotgun blast to the chest. The super religious girlfriend, like we should pray. Oh my God, I can't imagine watching that at Wake. <laughs> Holy shit! I was laughing so hard, man. I was laughing so hard, and like a bunch of like older people were in the theater, and I was cracking up. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that was honestly the funniest. He's like, he's like, is Jesus sexy? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And it was obvious that he, he, he had vibes. I feel like he had more vibes than the other girl, obviously. And so, like, you know, eventually it's going in that direction. But like, the way that they do the the one, but the one bully is like flat character. The one who gets beat up, like, he's like a flat character. But the other bully is like. Oh my God! You made me look like a superhero. Like now, I have to unpack that in front of you and be emotionally vulnerable with you in the hallway. 
and it works. It's like, okay, they found a way to make that character like more like more than just a flat bully character, but like gave him some depth and gave him like a scene that gave him this close up moment where then he's like, all right, don't ever tell anybody about this or I'll kill you, bitch. And he runs out of the scene. <laughs> like, uh, they, you know, you get to have those little moments. I just thought it was just did a good job of, I, I agree with Dexter. Like it, it, it didn't feel disjointed when the times would jump and it'll be a new actor or they would move to a new place. It all felt like a part of one story to me. And it's just, it's just a story of this family and you know, the, the things that they've dealt with. And I just thought they did a really good job with it. And a lot more people are going to see it. Once it starts, you know, Oscar season really ramps up, so it, they might make their money back. They'll be all right. He has was enough. really was really funny. A really interesting take to be like, "Why did you make me look really good on camera?" Yeah, he <laughs> should have been trying to be down with it. He's like, "My bad, bro. I, I had you all wrong. Let's film some. Like, put me in your next movie. I could be a movie star." He fucked yeah. up his whole life. Yeah, and he was sitting there going, "Like, I don't actually look like that." And like. Okay, but, but you, you do did. though. I, but you they did. didn't have Photoshop back then, bro. That like they, all, they only have but so many tools to make you look good. Yeah, no, so. he, he wasn't out here just fucking lying. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know I was like, the edit was generous, but yeah, you look like that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny take on it. Like, if somebody made me look like a superhero on camera, I'd be like, "Thank you." Can you do that all the time? Yeah, can you just follow me around with a camera and just make me look like a superhero all the time? Yeah, that'd be great. It. And then, of course, the. Uh, the kind of finale of this movie is he um, finagles his way onto the uh, CBS lot, Paramount lot, uh, and starts working on Hogan's Heroes, which was a huge show. But yeah, then he me- started to lose me a little bit. Like I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I'm not hip to the history here. Like I don't. Like, I feel like this is for people who know way more about Steven Spielberg than I do. Like, I'm kind of this, lost by this entire conversation. This may or may not be true, which is the whole thing of, like, Steven Spielberg. Half of it we don't know, like, because of the legend of who is Steven Spielberg. He did start working in television. He started working in television because he snuck onto the Paramount lot when he was, like, 19. And they kept kicking him out, and he kept coming back. And uh, he started... He filmed some of the first, I think he filmed like the second episode of Matlock or something like that. Or no, or Columbo. I can't remember which one of those lawyer, old lawyer shows that he that he filmed. He filmed like the second episode of that, started working in TV, um, made a few TV movies, and then finally got enough money to start filming some other films. But there, there's, I, I think this interaction is mostly true. If it's not John Ford, then it was a, another famous director and he used John Ford as sort of like a stand-in. But that is that is who everyone aspired to be because John Ford, by all accounts, is probably like the greatest filmmaker of all time. And so it was just like, I want to aspire to be you sort of thing. But that's also a little bit of legend making, I think, on Spielberg's part, if it didn't happen that way, where it's like, legend begets legend by telling him to fuck off you know what i mean <laughs> well no first yeah, he told I was him that. about the yeah. horizon which was bars that was amazing yeah that, that was some dope. real bars which also yeah. should we should we say that's also a famous director by the way oh the, that, the, that was wait. david lynch john oh, oh, ford was it, made by it. david lynch got it got it, got it. Uh, yes. yeah so. i was like i don't like that part, I was like, okay, now it feels a little hokey. Like the whole 
like you know autobiography thing feels like we're doing a little we're getting a little out of hand here but like i was still able to rock with it for the most part like the final shot it, the hokiness of it quickly evaporated for me when you get the final shot and then he adjusts so that the margin he adjusts the camera yeah. yeah i thought that, that was, was i thought that was such a dope touch i was like that's a great way to end the movie so that got rid of any of the hokey vibes <laughs> i thought of like oh now he's making it we don't actually need to see this part of the story we know this part of the, like we we know that you become you so it was more fun when we were at the family but then once they ended it like that with the little horizon thing, I thought it was a cute nod. I was like, okay, I'm into it. That was it was it was yeah. hilarious the way he was talking to him. He said, "Get the fuck out of my office." That shit was amazing. Yeah. I do think, and he looks a lot like him, which is crazy. You go back and look at pictures of John Ford, but like, yeah, I do think it was sort of a little bit of myth making on on uh, Spielberg's part, which is fine. Again, it's cool. It's fine. Like it's it's Steven fucking Spielberg. If I so, made a movie about me, I would have done way more myth making. So I can't really hate on that. I would have done way. I would have made myself look like a fucking. Avenger. I'd have been lying like LeBron. Lying <laughs> 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 like LeBron. John Wayne was in my first movie. You know? <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he actually wasn't. He was dead. Um, I. Uh, I do. I, there was. Uh, there was like a New York Post like headline or something the other day that said he lied about the girlfriend. Spielberg's classmates weigh in on uh, uh, Spielberg's classmates weigh in on on Fableman's film, and somebody said, "Fucking got him!" Like, <laughs> oh, you roasted this billionaire because he didn't get laid in high school. <laughs> uh, how will he ever recover? I just like to think that there is some some bitter high school uh, classmate from California that's just like sitting there for steaming. Fact. Steaming in the theater, being like, "He didn't have a girlfriend." Hey, some, some Aggie somewhere sitting there, like, "I never fucked that guy." <laughs> yeah, Exchange. I never fucked Steven Got Spielberg. his number I for knew, homework one time. I knew she wasn't the one when she said she was going to Texas A&M. I was like, "See, you messed up. That's where you messed up, right there, bro. You don't want to date a woman from Texas A&M, bro." Yeah, no, I would have no been like, "All right, you got it. Bye." No, nah, you like, good, bro. Like, you good. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and try to slide on your friend because she, she, she's single. She's going through a breakup too. So now we could console each other oh man so that has been the fablemans anything else you want to talk about with this movie before we talk about some other things go, go see, see it. it's real cinema go see it go see the fablemans uh i don't know when it's going to expand i don't know what the plan but probably more so around christmas um so real quick let's talk about the menu uh the menu came out a few weeks ago we don't have to do like a full review of it but if you Let's see. Let me give you just a quick synopsis of the menu. Uh, 7.5 on IMDb, 71 Metascore. A young couple travels to a remote island to eat an uh, at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some uh, shocking surprises. Directed by Mark uh, Mylod and written by Seth Reese and Will Tracy stars Ray Fiennes, um, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, Hong Chow, uh, John Leguizamo makes an appearance, host of other character actors that you have seen in a bunch of other things, but mostly this is a Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy masterclass, if you will. Um, $35 million budget. I said it was a hit, but it made its money back, which is what you wouldn't expect from a movie like this nowadays, $47 million grossed worldwide. It had like a 90% or something on... Um, Rotten Tomatoes, 
did really yeah, well. Yeah, which was it. insane to me before I saw it. And then I saw it and I was like, okay, I get it. Like this is actually dope. Yeah. So how does the menu have ninety percent and the Fablemans has ninety two percent? That doesn't. Uh, the menu has an eighty eight percent and a seventy seven percent critic score. So I think it debuted at like a ninety or like an eighty nine yeah. or something like that, like on Rotten Tomatoes before it came Rotten out. Rotten Tomatoes, I hate you. That doesn't make. There's, <laughs> there's a wide range between those two films. It should be about thirty points. Yeah. Between these two films. Um, real quick, what I thought about the menu, I gave it a B plus really, really, uh, solid thriller movie, if you will. And it kind of subverts some of the thriller genres. I thought it was going to be more of like a most dangerous game sort of hunt for people, kill some more people sort of thing. Um, and it really did subvert a lot of, a lot of those expectations. It was really funny. I thought it was quick witted. It is about as subtle as a brick to the head. Um, but that's fine because you like the people at the center of the performances. And uh, yeah, it does the eat the rich literally pretty well, which is a good movie for these times. Uh, what did y'all think about the menu? Uh, I like that. It didn't do the like eat the rich thing. Literally, actually, I thought that was dope. Um, but yeah, I liked basically every minute of this film until the last, like 15 and then i was like wait what are we doing like that's <laughs> that's that's how we're gonna end this shit like, what are we doing uh i ended up giving it an a minus because like the beginning like the first 90 percent of this movie is so good uh that i was like willing to overlook how much i didn't like the ending but yeah the way they resolved everything at the end i was like mm, we, we could have done could have done something else some something anything else honestly like i said there's no like major squid just kind of it, it does just kind of it ends and like you know i'm it just didn't make any sense to me i was like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard honestly <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there's two aspects to the ending and both of them are the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life, to be honest. But I was a little, I was willing to let it rock because the like the rest of the movie is so good to me. Uh, Nicholas Holt is just the worst person you've ever seen in your life, and I loved him for it in this movie. Uh, incredible performance, like great scumbaggery up there with Justin Long and Barbarian in terms of scumbags in uh, twenty twenty two movies. Yes, um, good comparison. <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy, you already, she's got it. She's like, she crushes it. Rafe, 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 not Ralph, Rafe. He, yeah. uh, he's very good. Also, uh, he like carries this movie basically. His fucking, like, they have him like clap to get everyone's attention in the restaurant, and it's loud like, fucking as fuck terrifying for no reason like just because of like the way they design it with the sound and everything and then just his face is just scary as shit and like he's not doing anything other than standing there clapping and he's like the most menacing person you've ever seen i really thought that was dope but uh yeah it's really fun um a few twists and turns and stuff like that hated the ending but you know, overall, a solid ride. Recommend it. Check it out. I'll I'll say that it's way more of a comedy than it is like a thriller. I meant to say that it's like a like a black the blackest of black comedies. I thought it was yeah. really, really, it's, really way more funny than I thought. Actually, one of the more funny movies of 2022 to me. 
I really like the Anya Taylor Joy performance, but I don't really like anything else about this movie. I didn't. It didn't move me in the same way it moved y'all. I, it's not bad. I would probably give it a I don't know a, a B minus. It. I don't. I don't love the performance of the main chef guy. Like it does nothing for me. Um, and also the performance of her boyfriend does nothing for me. And I found myself as you're getting to know kind of the storylines of everybody at the tables, I start to realize that I was like bored. But I was like, I don't care about the storylines of these people. The only storyline that I am supposed to care about is the Anya, Anya, Anya Taylor Joy storyline. Everybody else's storyline I did not care about. I did not care about John Leguizamo at all in the slightest. Or anybody else in this dinner. So I just thought it was a, I don't know, it was at times I was like, what are we, what are we doing? And I'm with Dex. The ending is awful. It's like very awful. I was like, what? <laughs> this is how we're ending this movie? Like, okay, I guess this is a cool way to end this film. And I just thought it was a total dud at the end, but I did enjoy the ride at some points. I would say it's a B minus. I disagree on the Nicholas Holt performance. I'm with Dex. I thought it was like, I was like, what is sort of the point of all of this? Is he just really that big of like a, a food critic? Fanboy, yeah. Yeah. And and then the the ending is like of his character is like, ooh, ew. Ew. <laughs> that was really well written and they had a really good dynamic, I thought. Yeah, but, with the um, ending of his character, you're like, oh, that's really fucked. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Um, like but, the more you think about it, I'm just like, wow, that was like super duper fucked up. Holy shit. But this is uh, this is your guy though. This guy has directed like twenty episodes of Succession. Yeah, I I found that to be weird because Succession is just so well written, and this is not that. Uh, but I, once once I once I realized that, I was like, wow, I can't, I couldn't believe that. I, Succession is literally the best thing on TV, and it doesn't have a close peer. Although there's some good shit on TV, like The White Lotus is amazing. Y'all need to be watching that shit. Season two is probably better than season one. Y'all are missing out on real fucking cinema uh, on television. I don't think I'm going to. What? I, <laughs> look, okay. I think I watch maybe like two TV shows a year that I've like missed after like they've already started or whatever. And I think I might have to make that one of them for either this year or early next year. Like I want to, I want to get on it. I want to be hive because y'all look like y'all are having an amazing time and I think I can get with it. So. Uh, all right. That has been the menu. Uh, of course. Can we, of... can we do little spoilers real quick for the menu so we can actually oh, like say what sure. we were talking about yeah. with the men, like yeah. the ending and whatever. Sure. I was like, I was sitting there like, there's no fucking way. Like, this man is going to let her walk out of this restaurant because she ordered a cheeseburger, right? Like, that's not... <laughs> that's there's not no way. Going, right? Like, that's not about to happen, is it? And then she just walks out of the fucking restaurant because she ordered the cheese. I was like, what? What? Like, what What was this for? And why is everyone else just like, oh, okay, well, never. I don't want to order a cheeseburger. I just want to die here. Like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can go. Yeah, no one else was like, hey... Hey, I also have a cheeseburger. Like maybe me too. And boss was just like, "All right, I guess I'm done." Two, please. I like five guys. I'll have what she's having. Like, everyone else is just like, "Okay, like I guess we'll all just die. We'll be s'mores now." Like, what? It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Like I, I, I was kind of like, eh, I, I accepted it, but I don't know. No, yeah, I, 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 was, I was underwhelmed by it, and I, I was sitting I, there like, "There's, there's got to be." something else like there's some other explanation nope nope she she ordered a cheeseburger so she's off the hook like she tapped back into his roots 
I guess. Well, that was what the commentary was. That's literally. Burger. But yeah, like his roots were just tapped into enough to let her live, but not, you know, but to not actually literally anyone else. Not <laughs> for him to want to live himself and keep making cheeseburgers or anything. No, he no, he's gone to. too far at this point. He committed several murders. Yeah, I mean, well, they'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah, like I, I do prison. I do like the fact that everyone I everyone including me watched the trailer for the menu and was like oh okay the food is made out of people okay cool and then it wasn't i was like good i'm glad they didn't do that they could have done the whole silent greatest people thing but they avoided that good for them no when i said eat the rich i didn't mean literally eat the rich but i was like it it is this movie is rich people are bad and assholes and you shouldn't respect genius as much as you do or worship genius as much as you do that's what this movie is and it hits you over the head with a frying pan literally yeah, so, but I remember like Des the other day. Shout out to Apollo Des, the co-founder of Apollo Media. Uh, he was like, "So the menu, like they're they're eating people, right?" And I was like, "I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you what's happening in the movie. Like, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. I'm gonna let you go watch it yourself." But he was like, just so fucking sure they were eating people in the movie, and I was like, "Well, you know, you gotta go watch the movie." One hundred percent. What I thought was going to be, I thought it was going to be, we get, we're gonna hunt you down today, yeah. sort of. Yeah. yeah, you're about to eat all the people that who have been to this restaurant before. So, yeah, <laughs> but I That's like exactly. that part. Yeah, so uh, that has been the menu. Go see it or don't. There's a thousand movies out right now, uh, including like a, a Santa murder mystery movie uh, or Santa action movie. Violent the menu night. is a prime candidate for like the the drop on HBO Max, and then everyone's like, "Oh my god, the have menu!" Y'all seen the menu? Or like- Why? We need more movies like this. Why is no one talking about this? Not this to blow up, so good. Not to blow up the group chat, but uh, they were like, "Have y'all seen Bullet Train?" We we're like, oh, <laughs> the fuck? Like, "Am I a joke to you?" Like, what? <laughs> that was De- ten episodes ago. <laughs> Dex literally said, "Welcome to August." Yeah, like, what do you, what do you mean? Have we seen Bullet? That movie was in theater for two months. Like- <laughs> So they put funny. it on Netflix, and everyone's like, "Oh, Bullet Train! This Bullet is so much awesome. fun." Well, people are getting to it. People are now talking Brad about Pitt how much they liked it. We Go told to the goddamn was, movie theater. We bums. told y'all it was good months ago, but we're glad that you're finally joining us on the Bullet Train train. That's it's it's good cinema. Oh my god! Uh, is so, it better than Ambulance? I don't know. I'm just ooh. saying it's good cinema, but it, honestly, it's not elite. It's not elite cinema like Ambulance. Honestly, Ambulance. I'd have to rewatch them both before I can make a judgment. Ambulance, call no, on that. that's elite cinema right there. That's what is cinema. Ambulance even on? Is it on it? Because that seems like a movie that would be. Does like... it matter? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. I haven't seen. I don't know where it is because people need to be watching that shit. Which means it's probably on Apple. It's probably it's on, on Apple. Paramount. <laughs> Peacock. All right. So that is that has been uh, the menu and the Fablemans. We'll do a Steven Spielberg draft in like two seconds because I gotta step away. I gotta I gotta pee, guys. Sorry. So we're gonna do the Steven Spielberg draft in like two seconds. All right. Ambulance is on Amazon Prime Video. I'm about to have to visit that shit. It's almost real cinema hours over here. <laughs> I'm watching a movie tonight. Oh, that movie stinks. The greatest shit, man. Uh, but shout out to Isaac Gonzalez, looking lovely. Um, Man, looking fucking incredible. Everybody looks great in that movie, honestly. But Isaac Gonzalez, elite. I gotta fucking look up 
Steven Spielberg movies. I can remember what they are. I had no idea he did the color purple, by the way. Like, that is yeah, news man. to me. He definitely did the color purple. I've like only ever thought of that movie as like classic black cinema. Like I've yeah. never once considered Steven Spielberg <laughs> being a part of that. <laughs> People are so disappointed when I tell them like I do movie reviews and shit and they ask me about stuff from like you know their childhood or whatever and I'm like and you're like I've never seen that shit. Yeah. I I go to movie theaters every single week to watch new shit. I have not seen fucking your movie from 1974. Sorry. <laughs> Dex, you hadn't seen a movie pre-1985. Honestly, most of them, no. <laughs> I th- really, the only like old, like super classic movie that I've actually seen is Godfather. Singing in the Rain. And like, well, yeah, I mean, everyone's seen The Godfather, but Singing in the Rain is what, 1930 something? Or yeah. You yeah, mean like so, you mean like like just out of just out of silent pictures stuff? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Singing in the rain. Oh shit! I was way off. 1952. Yeah. Is that older than God? Yeah, that's older than Godfather. Yeah, by about anyway. 20 years. Um. Okay, so we're gonna do a Spielberg draft. Let's let's actually. I want to do a random randomizer for this one. This is great radio. Random.org, shout out to the sponsor. Teach. And uh, randomize. So, Teach, Royden, Dex. Oh, I'm first. Four picks. Four picks for the Steven Spielberg draft. This is. There's so many. there's There's actually so many to pick from, though. My number one pick is easy for me, personally. It's Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. It is. I don't incredible. think anybody can fault you for that. It is perfection. It is the first time that, that Steven Spielberg took me to a place of wonderment that I will never forget. It's Jurassic Park, man. Dinosaurs are fucking awesome, and that movie is terrifying. So that's my first pick. That movie is partly CGI, part a lot of you know animatronics, but like kind of invented. Almost invented CGI as we know it today, yep. uh, which is crazy. But also, it still looks good. Still, to this day, you pop that shit in, you're gonna think yeah. there's dinosaurs there. It still <laughs> looks good. Yeah, I don't know how they. I don't know how they did it. it mostly because I think they built like a 50 foot dinosaur head. But other than that, um, Jurassic Park, great pick. A lot of people. That's not the wrong pick, uh, but I will tell you the right pick at number one. Which is Jaws. Jaws, Jaws is, the, is fucking awesome. Jaws invented the summer blockbuster. There wasn't summer blockbusters before Jaws came out. Star Wars exists because Jaws exists. That's all <laughs> I'll say about it. That's yeah. a good point. So, so Jaws was a movie that shouldn't have worked. It was a disaster to film. You can find the documentary on the filming of the Jaws uh, of Jaws. The reason you don't see the 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 shark for half the movie is because it didn't fucking work the shark would take (laughs) on water and break every single day so spielberg fell ass backwards into making one of the most uh renowned horror movies of all time so it it, uh, catapulted his career into into superstardom but jaws Jaws is 
it, it, it may be his best film. But anyway. All right. So y'all set me up for a great turn here, especially for the, the Twitter votes. I'm going to take Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Ah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. pretty, pretty solid turn here. Both uh, fucking classics. Everyone knows this. Everyone loves them. Uh, Schindler's List. The first time I saw that movie was actually in school. Like we had a substitute teacher in social studies oh, class one a, day. What a, or like it was oh, like one of those like weeks where like a teacher class. was out. Yeah, <laughs> it was like one of those weeks where a teacher was out, and so they just sent a sub there every day and in the DVD cart. And we were watching Schindler's List, <laughs> and uh, you know, so that was my relationship with it for a long, long time because I never saw it again until like a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, this is actually like fucking incredible filmmaking and cinema. It's not just busy work from a substitute teacher. <laughs> Shit fucking is incredible. And Props then, to that substitute teacher. Yeah. I'm surprised in our in our country ass school, you would have had to have signed a waiver to like <laughs> We had a couple of those in school, but I think they stopped doing that by the time we got to high school. They were just like, fuck it, whatever. Like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then Saving Private Ryan. I mean Every, everyone knows. I say at this point. I'd say it's the best war. It's definitely the best war film that we've had in the past two decades. It came out in '98, but it it like popular. I don't even know how to say that word. It popularized th- filmmaking techniques that we saw in war films ever since. It has been copied every war film ever since that movie came out. Yep. Looks incredible. Also, great Tom Hanks, which is incredible Tom Hanks. Yeah, something we can't always say. No. <laughs> Facts. God damn. A, look, I love Tom Hanks like like he was like my dad or something, but it it's it's not always the best for for Tom in his latter years. Hey, bro, especially don't sleep on Elvis. the Elvis resurgence, bro. Especially don't sleep. Elvis, which was trash cinema, trash. Elvis is back, brother. That shit. That's is. gonna get nominated for Oscars. You know that. It better not. It we, will. We, we he's gonna get nominated about... for best for not Hanks, but uh, Elvis is gonna get nominated. Austin for best. Butler. Austin Butler is gonna get nominated for best actor. No, that shit not. is getting nominated. Yes, for he best is. Picture, bro. I swear people, to God, he will. People be. love that fucking movie. It has not gone anywhere. He's <laughs> gonna get nominated for best actor. Never mind. Ugh, I, he will be. Don't sleep. Elvis, Elvis is, is back. Unserious cinema. Unserious cinema. This year's Bohemian Rhapsody. It's here. You can't do anything about I'm it. Disgusted. Sorry. I'm literally disgusted right now. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. Um, my next pick is not my favorite uh, Indiana Jones movie, but it is regarded as probably the best Indiana Jones movie, and it uh, changed. It's it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. And both of you are going to roll your eyes at this pick. Uh, Dex, you've never even seen it. But nope. um, it's the most racist movie you've ever seen. No, it is not. <laughs> Indiana Jones movies are inherently racist. I hate those movies. I hate them so much. I hate uh, them. The second one is is very racist. I don't know about the, the, the first one. Okay. But, like, it's problematic fave. It's a good movie. Sue me. Sorry. But Indiana Jones has the best star turning performance from Harrison Ford that you'll ever see in your entire life. Uh, yeah. So I got to go right. Raiders of the Lost Ark, especially for Twitter easy. votes. This is an easy turn for me. 
the most underrated movie that Steven Spielberg has ever made and one of the greatest movies of all time comes from the same year that my first pick, Jurassic Park, came. It is Hook. Hook is real oh, cinema. Oh, no! <laughs> it's incredible cinema, guys. <laughs> Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. I don't. The hold this movie had on me when I was a kid. The hold this film had on me as a kid. This film is greatness. It's still good to this day. Hook is amazing. It's fine. Shout out Uh, to Robin Williams, the goat. Some would say it's actively bad, but I think it's it's fine. Many would say people love real cinema. Love Hook. When you put this poll up tomorrow, everybody on Twitter is going to come in your mentions and tell you, oh my God, I loved Hook when I was a kid. It is perfect. There I, are watched, 10, I watched this movie movies. 30 times when I was a kid, <laughs> at least. I watched this movie over and over and over again. It's great. I love it. Okay, another pick, because that one's awful. Oh, that one's the bad. second <laughs> most underrated movie in the Steubens. Oh, uh, okay. Wait, I'm going to save that one. I'm going with The Fablements. The Fablements is real cinema. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's not gonna make any money, but I don't care about money. It's not my money. We're talking about cinema <laughs> right now. Uh, Fable is for sure. It's amazing. How did I just fall ass backwards into ET? <laughs> is ET actually good? Yes or yes. no? I don't know. Uh, what are we talking it's about? Okay. It's all right. It's all right. Yes, it's great. It's it's not as good as Hook, but it's all right. It's it's all right. Yeah, it's better than Hook. What are we talking about? The fuck? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not, bro. ET is okay. mid. E.T. Right, is we're, mid. We're, we're definitely getting T. Slander tomorrow for this hook. You know or, when you... Yeah, hook over E.T. take. We're, we're doing Hook that. is a better movie than E.T. Clip it off. Put it on the internet. Hook is real cinema, and E.T. is just okay. It's just a movie. This is unbelievable. This is slander that I will not stand Hook for. is, this is real is cinema. Egregious. You know, when you know who would be even... on the scene, you couldn't tell him anything. Rufio was him. You know who didn't even claim Hook? Robin Williams didn't even claim Hook. Hey, listen, <laughs> must do respect Rest to Robin Williams. He's amazing in this movie, as is everybody. It is a great film. It is family-friendly. The performance of Hook, the seminal performance of Hook is just amazing. This is a great film. Also, E.T. changed cinema. What the fuck are we talking about? I didn't say Hook was more important. I said Hook was better. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it is better. This is categorically, this is categorically this poll, false. When we put this poll up, y'all are going to see it's going to be way closer than y'all think. It's no, going to be way closer than that. <laughs> uh, if it Jordan, is, if it is, I want to join you. I want to join you. You don't understand the teach, cult following that Hook has. I've never seen ET. Hook has a cult following. No, it's not that good. It's, it's you probably it's hate it now. You probably hate it now, but you see it when you're a kid, and it's great. It's good. It's it's Spielberg exploring the absent dad thing the entire time and being a lonely kid when he was. When he, it, it's exploring that theme in the Fablemans, but in this, when he was a younger filmmaker, I feel like it's heartfelt, pop culture brilliant. at this point that I get it with ET. Like I, you know, it's everywhere. Like it's e. been parodied to death for forever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I feel like I get it. Like I'm e. good. Phone home. It is the most heartfelt movie of all time, and Teej has a cold soul. E.T. phoning home didn't slap nearly as hard as when Rufio came on the scene with the Lost Boys. That oh, was fuck. the greatest moment in <laughs> cinema history, brother. You, what are we talking about here? What I are you talking about? We were going Hook is amazing. Today. What the fuck? I never even once considered that I somebody might say Hook is better Hook. than E.T. Having seen 
having not seen ET. I'm just no no fucking way. Wow, that's incredible <laughs> cinema. That's our hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me look at the Rotten Tomatoes scores of Hook versus E.T. Hey, we've Hook already established on the episode that Rotten Ew! Tomatoes is a lot. Ew, geez. Hook has a 29%. You wait till you see that. We are legion. The Hook lovers, Pauls, are legion. We are <laughs> <laughs> uh, E.T., the extraterrestrial, uh, mind you, has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's okay. It's no Hook. 70-point gap. That's yep. nasty. Yep. That's nasty, bros. Yeah, they don't crazy. appreciate real cinema on Rotten Tomatoes. We know that. All right, Dex, two picks. Um, so I'm going to go with the movie I was telling T.J. off camera that I had no idea was actually directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, the Color Purple. So that shit mm. is classic cinema, especially in the Great Hitchin movie. household. Uh, the first time I watched that movie, I'll never forget it. Uh, we were, me and my older cousin, she's a year older than me. We were super close when we were kids. We're sitting there watching this movie at my house and she gets up and like she flips the dvd over like because like, <laughs> it's so had, long. the movie is that long <laughs> and i was long. like wait what the fuck do you mean you have to flip the dvd over <laughs> two-sided like, dvds that's totally oh i forgot that was a thing like what are you talking about like, like what what do you mean you have to flip the dvd over so like that was my first like ever like real thought about the color purple and then, you know, once again, went back and watched it as an older person who can, like, understand and appreciate things. That was like, hot damn, this is good. Uh, shout out to Oprah, Queen, and, you know, the rest of the cast. I, I can't believe that movie got 11 Oscar nominations and won fucking nothing. That's I can. wild. I can. That is definitely the movie nowadays that would do that. 11 and nothing? If you put out the color purple today... It would get maybe two Oscars. You have three people nominated for acting awards, and they got nothing in that movie. I don't even know Zip, who. Zero. We're living in a we're living in a day where the fucking uh, the Irishman came out. What are we talking about? But yeah, the Irishman is bad, so that's different. Oh, that's fair. I forgot about that part. The Irishman is bad, and Joker is bad, so it makes sense that they got all those nominations but didn't get any wins. People were like, "Wait, these movies are bad." Uh, but yeah, shout out to the color. Did the purple. power of the dog win anything? Uh, director and a couple other things, I think. Did but she win for best director? Yeah, that shit easily. is trash Ooh. cinema, bros. That shit is trash. That movie sucks. Um, but yeah, back to good films now. I'm gonna take West Side Story just because you know I haven't a good seen. Movie. Yeah, I haven't seen a ton of the other Spielberg movies that haven't been drafted yet. But that movie was dope to me. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Redacted, he is fine in the movie, but everybody else I loved and really enjoyed. Is he actually redacted because he's just starred in HBO series and shit? Yeah, I mean, hey, nobody watched that HBO series that he starred in. Yeah, no one watched watched it. it. Like, I, no one, that shit got farted into the wind. (laughs) Uh, I haven't heard anything about him since, I feel like, but, um, Ariana DeBose, she killed it, obviously. She won the Oscar for it. Rachel Zegler, she killed it. I'm excited to see what she does in the future. Like That movie is just good. I'm a sucker for a good musical. So, shout out um, to that story. A movie that I thought in no way should have worked. Uh, just you because of like, why... You steal my movie. I'm going to be so mad. No, I was talking about, I'm talking about West Side Story right now. Oh, I was just okay. like, yeah, a movie in no way that I thought should have worked was West Side. Like a remake of a... a 
of a classic movie of a classic stage play, like by Steven Spielberg, like who had never directed a musical or anything like that. Like, but it looked great and it was fun. So like, I don't know what. Steven Spielberg is in like just the the heat check phase of his career. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. A musical. Fuck it. Let's do it. I I love that movie when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. My life story. Fuck it. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. are you gonna tell me no? Like, you know what I mean. Um, movie that uh, is absolutely in his top tier that needs to get more love. But I think I've watched actually, besides Saving Private Ryan or any of the Indiana Jones films, uh, watched more than any of his other movies. Catch Me If You Can is a brilliant film. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is kind of lost in the ether of all of his movies, but it stars a pretty good, a pretty good Tom Hanks, but just a magnetic Leo performance. Yeah. He's incredible in that movie. And he's like 22. He is so good. Like maybe he's a little bit older than that, but he, it, it's still young Leo before he gets fat. And like, it's, it's just, it's great. It's awesome to watch a movie star become a movie star. And nobody has done that better than Spielberg. And he puts, man, he put him, it's like, it was like Popovich coaching Duncan, man. He put him in all the right places <laughs> to succeed. It was, it's incredible to watch. And it's probably the funnest movie that he made in a long time, too, after getting out of, you know, uh, of course, like the Minority Report and AI and Saving Private Ryan. Like, yeah, going back to a romp like Catch Me If You Can is 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 really good. I brilliant film. Christopher Walken, Martin Sheen, yeah. Amy Adams. What a guy. Okay, so the best movie left is Lincoln, and I have the last pick now. But I can't pick Lincoln because I have to pick the second most underrated Steven Spielberg movie of all time. And it has our Lord and Savior Tom Cruise in it. It's Minority Report. Minority Report okay. is fucking awesome. Okay. It's way better than has any idea is any any business being. And Tom Cruise is just the movie star. And I just love Tom Cruise's performance in this movie. It is some of the best work Tom Cruise ever done outside of the Mission Impossible um, IP. Obviously, uh, I love Tom Cruise. Thank you for existing, Tom Cruise. And I don't care how weird you act in the news. I'm going to keep supporting your films because this yeah, your religion is none of my business. Just keep making these dope Just ass movies. Keep your religion out of my face, and I don't really want to know about your personal life or your love life. Just keep making movies, bro, and and I'll keep going to the movie theater. That was right around. He and Spielberg made a couple of movies together. This War of the Worlds. They made War of the Worlds too. Yeah, yep. which is also an underrated movie. Like I, also I good. Up, yeah, I really liked that movie, and I liked it as a kid. I went back and watched it. Still holds up really well, but like, uh. Minority Report. I don't. I don't get it. Like I just feel stupid <laughs> when I watch. I'm just like, like okay, this is pat. This is beyond me. Like I get what they're, you know, I get the spectacle of it and what they're kind of trying to do. I don't necessarily um, care uh, <laughs> about what they're trying to say. But this is also around when Tom Cruise was being real fucking weird. Yeah, um, this is a very weird time in Tom Cruise's life, and there've been a so, lot of those. And also, I watched this movie really young when I was, and it scared the hell out of me when I was a kid because it's a weird movie. <laughs> it's weird, especially, it's very weird, especially like when he's like, 
he has his eye replacement surgery and he's like feeling around and eating rotten food and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> when I watched that when I was like 10, I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's a weird Spielberg movie. Just a really weird one. But, I'm dropping that and cast me if you can, like six months apart. Crazy. Weird. <laughs> Nobody talks about that. He went on like an unbelievable, like he would do the two movie, two movie a year thing forever. And all of them were really good. You would never get that from anyone today, ever. Like, I don't think Jordan Peele could do that. In fact, I know that Jordan Peele couldn't do that because he takes like three years between each movie. Yeah, fucking Schindler's List and Jurassic Park dropping in the same year. That's crazy. That's what the unbelievable. Fuck? That's, That's crazy. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, fucking June, he drops Jurassic Park, comes back in November with Schindler's List. Get the fuck out of here. What? Was Jurassic <laughs> Park also nominated for like Best Picture too? Because it won three Oscars. Uh, no, it's been nominated for all the Below the Line awards and won all of them. But like, yeah, going back and looking at it, so he does this thing where Jurassic World or Jurassic World, an ass movie compared comparatively. So yeah, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. Jurassic Park, The Lost World, which isn't a good movie, but like made a ton of money. Then Amistad, he does the same year. Then he does Saving Private Ryan. He takes a break. AI, Minority Report, and Catch Me If You Can in the same year. And then it's kind of like a little bit less down the line. But yeah, the doing that is unbelievable. Unreal. Um, so yeah, so... That has been, I don't know if you've known this filmmaker, Steven Spielberg, but that's been his like little filmography. <laughs> What's your favorite Spielberg movie? If like you had to pick, what is it? It cannot be Hook. No, it's Jurassic <laughs> Park. But Hook it is, is Jurassic Park. Okay. It's Jurassic Park. But Jaws is a close second. I love Jaws. I love Jaws. I'm also going to have to go to Jurassic Park. Um, I haven't seen any of the Indiana Jones movies, so I feel like and I haven't seen E.T., so I'm kind of playing at a disadvantage here. But uh, I almost don't you know. want you to watch them because I don't want to like live through you shitting on them. Uh, don't worry. I will not watch them. It's fine. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> don't worry. You don't have to worry about me doing that. Okay, yeah. good. That, that, that uh, heals my heart a little bit. Thanks. Yeah, they're about to put out the fifth one, and like I'll probably just go see that just to like have something to do when it comes out in February or whatever. But yeah, you don't. There'll probably be that. a lot less racist than the other one, so at least that's a good thing. <laughs> Harrison Ford, retire, sir, retire. Please sir, sit out somewhere, bro. <laughs> sir, resign. Um, what is he eighty now? Like, yeah. sit out somewhere, fam. All he likes to do is smoke weed and crash planes. So just go do that. Um, you will never let him live that down. You personally. Like, you will make sure. He's crashed so many planes. That is no. That's unbelievable. He's crashed one like once a quarter. Whenever Harrison Ford eventually dies, hopefully a long time from now, people will be like, Indiana Jones and Star Wars star Harrison Ford died. And you'll be like, Dude could crash the fuck out of a plane. Surprise it took this long. <laughs> it won't even be that. It'll be like driving a golf cart or something like that. <laughs> like, like, he's like landing on golf courses and shit. Like in his plane. Like, you're obviously not good at this. 
The whole goal is to keep the plane upright in the air. <laughs> and somehow Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones has crashed multiple planes. That's all. <laughs> look, that's all I'm saying. Tom Cruise would never. Quite literally. No, he wouldn't. Um, so that has been a one take podcast. It's good to get back on the microphone on the We're ones back. and twos. We're back, brother. Um, we will do, I don't know, Avatar is coming out soon, but that's oh, a little ways from now. Brother. It's next week, bro. Uh, I guess so. I guess it's already Wednesday. So I'm yeah, going to week. see Knives Out instead because I, I, I think I'm being forced to go to Avatar, actually. You will be going to Avatar. And we will be <laughs> reviewing it. The Way of Water. Early oh. reviews on Avatar are that it slaps. Early reviews are that the they people said are that lying. Last time, they bro. said that about the fucking last one. Those <laughs> people are liars, bro. Liars. Like I already know this shit is gonna stink. I'm gonna go see it. I'm gonna go see it early. But like I know this shit is gonna to stink. To I did bro. see one review that I do trust. I wish I could find his name, but he said um, he said it looks incredible. It's the same thing as last time. It looks incredible. The story is pretty good, but uh, James Cameron's dialogue continues to suffer, or something like that. And it's Kill just me. like, oh no, <laughs> James Cameron's exactly. beautiful gowns, <laughs> just Kill me. beautiful gowns. I can't believe Every we're gonna do movie. this. He needs some people to come in and do punch up. Like that's all. But the, he's on like an incredible heat heater of lying. By the way, too, we were talking about The Rock uh, and LeBron. James Cameron is lying his ass off about how many uh, Avatar <laughs> films that he's going to make. There's no already way he does four of these. Not already got stuff. already got the plan for Avatar five and six. James, you'll be dead. <laughs> we'll all no, be we dead. Don't see those. We don't want to see those. No disrespect, Mr. Cameron. We don't want. We don't care about Avatar. We want real cinema, bro. We want real cinema. Do we think this will make a billion dollars? Probably. Hopefully not. I'm not paying for my ticket. Somebody. I think it makes. Uh, I think it makes a billion five. Yeah, I'll give it a billion, but not two. This movie is not making a billion dollars. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. I feel like it is. They've I been marketing like... this since. Uh, Don't matter. I, I I say it makes about seven. June. I say it makes about seven hundred fifty million dollars. I I want that to be true, but I feel like they're gonna make a lot of money Av- now. But Avatar has a hive. Like for whatever fucking reason, there's especially an overseas high, right? too. Yeah, it's not so gonna knock the it, same guys. It's not gonna hit the same. It's not gonna be the same. It's, everybody that saw Avatar the one first one didn't even hit. Like the first one didn't even knock. <laughs> They're not stinks. making a billion dollars. It's destined to fail. There was a big long article. We're running long, but there was a long article written about like why the first Avatar made as much money as it did. And it's fascinating to go back and look at like sort of the history. It's like a precursor to what we have now. Like it was like the canary in the coal mine for for how it made that much money. Like nothing was released. It sort of just dominated and sat in theaters for a long time. And it was this big spec. They they marketed the shit out of it as this big spectacle that had, had never been seen before. And also surprisingly the re-rise of 3D technology in theaters. If, I don't know if y'all remember that nasty period in like 2010. They're trying to bring it back, bro. Like that, for the first time since I've been doing like these like early screenings and shit, this one is in 3D. And I'm like, that 
fuck that. Like, I don't, I don't 3D, want that. 3D movies are ass. They let's let them die. They do, are also, not cool. The only I, good one I, was Jackass 3D. I I wear glasses <laughs> already. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to sit here. That's the worst. With more glasses I on. I don't want to sit here with more glasses on. I don't want to do this. Stop. You got cataracts or something. You're just like, how dare you? Like, let me just sit here and watch the movie with my regular ass glasses. Fuck. That's funny. All right. So probably Avatar uh, next podcast. But uh, that has been a one take podcast. You can find us at one take pod. Go tell us your favorite Steven Spielberg movie. One take pod on Twitter. One take pod on all the uh, platforms. Thank you to Tej and Dex. I'm Roy Nogletree. Dex, what are you writing? Uh, shit, honestly, I don't know. Probably an cool. Avatar 2 Awesome. Review. Great plug. Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Follow at Lord Dex in. I'll tweet all my shit as I write it, as I'm prone to do. So, yeah, do that. And at Less Humble Tej, y'all got slander you. Um, I really don't appreciate what you've been saying about my university. Uh, Nasty times in the Baylor athletic program between that basketball team and that football team. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Who just got uh, ran through by Illinois? Ew. And it was our first road game. We'll be right back on top. Where are it? It was awful. It first was road terrible. game. That's 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 nasty. He hadn't played a true road game the entire year. <laughs> that's not even a true road game either. No, it wasn't. It was a mutual. It was just. It was at Madison Square Garden between <laughs> Illinois and Texas. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Slander You, that's a great podcast with a thousand hosts, but Tej is one of them. Um, and uh, it's going off right now. And uh, yeah, you can find me at Royden Ogletree if you want. If not, okay. Cool. <laughs> I tweet bad. I only have bad tweets. So yeah, I have, we haven't done this in a long time, so I don't know how to wrap this up, but that's been a one take podcast. Like, rate, subscribe. Thank you for that. That's what are we doing? Yeah, hold on. Oh, before that, um, thank you so much to those of you who have uh, liked, rated, and subscribed on our podcast. We really appreciate that. Sorry for the delay. Of course, holidays are weird, and parents are coming in and out, and Dex is wrecking cars and getting sick. So we appreciate you for hanging in with us, and uh, we'll be putting out more content, especially as Oscar season continues to ramp up even though the oscars are like five months down the road um <laughs> but but thank you so much for hanging with us and we will we promise to keep watching movies and giving you more content uh dex speaking of what are we doing hashtag support florence too baby all right her movie is out on netflix i gotta watch that as well and then it's big oppenheimer hours in all the way in july yeah pushing for the Oppenheimer high, which it'll make a billion dollars. I don't know why we're going to do that. Anyway, we're out.